Welcome to Yours, Mine, and Ours. I'm your host, Gabrielle Cardona, and I'm a personal coach, I'm a success coach, I'm a life coach. Well, you know what, I've been all three of those things, but what it came down to after 15 years in this business, I'm actually a relationship coach. I realized most of the people who came to me for professional advice, for helpful suggestions, guidance really, not necessarily counsel because they had gone to shrinks, therapists, a lot of different experts, we'll call them experts in different fields. And they kept coming back to me saying, what's wrong with me? How come I can't do what I want to do? And I always came back to, well, let's first of all figure out what's right with you. And then we'll maximize it to get everything you want in life. And no matter what their goal, the same theme kept coming up. The people in their life, the relationships in their life. It didn't matter if they had a perfect job and they had great income and great status and power and influence. Yeah, you know what? That I just really want to get along with my daughter <laughs> or I really want to find a husband or why doesn't my boss listen to me? Maybe I need to learn how to communicate better. So what I decided was to just make my practice primarily about relationships and teaching people how to connect better with each other, how to bond better, how to resolve conflict. Yeah, you know what? Conflict is inevitable. Even in the best relationships, sometimes people are going to disagree. So when I decided to make this a show and go international, let's give people the information that everybody can use. It's practical, it's useful, and it applies to everybody. Yours, mine, and ours. Last week, my show is about synergy and what we create when we come together with people. It's about what you bring to the relationship, what the other person brings to the relationship. That's symbiosis. That's the complementary completion of another energy that we call synergy. But this week, I'm going to talk about how personally you can make yourself strong and successful so what you bring to a relationship is that much better. But what I just wanted to talk about right now, it came into my mind before I went on the air. I had a little bit of problem with my technology. This is my favorite joke of all time. My son told it to me, I think about four years ago, and I tell it to strangers all over the place on the street. It's kind of a long one, but they're absolutely fine listening to the end because it's so good. Okay, it's called The Computer's Gender. A Spanish teacher was explaining to the class, and it was an adult class, that things in Spanish have articles, el or la. They don't just say the because words are feminine or masculine. Well, one of the students raised their hand and said, is it El Computador or La Computadora? And she got a little mischievous grin on her face and said, well, do you think it's more like a man or more like a woman? And he said, oh, no, I'm not answering that question. And she said, no, you know what? Let's make a game out of it. I'm going to split you up into men and women. Men go over here. Women go over there. And they immediately started whispering to each other. And she said, OK, what do you guys say? And I got to hear this. And the men said, yeah, no, we got this down. This is definitely a chick. And the teacher said, well, why would you say that? And they said, well, we've got four really great reasons. Okay, first of all, only their creator really understands their internal logic. The second reason, because they speak a language that only computers understand. <laughs> Third, they store every mistake you ever make in long-term memory for future retrieval just to remind you for no reason randomly throughout your life. Okay, yeah, you know what? It's just it's good. The fourth, fourth reason, you're constantly buying accessories for them. <laughs> the teacher just, yeah, that, that's pretty good. So ladies, what do you think? And they said, no, 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 this thing's a guy and we'll tell you why. We got four reasons too. The first one, if you ever want them to do anything you have to turn them on first. <laughs> the second reason, you can give them all the information in the world. They're still not going to think for themselves. Third, they constantly claim to be able to solve all of your problems. And half the time in life, real life, they are the problem. And finally, you know if you had just waited six months, you could have had a better one. 
<laughs> and the teacher said, wow, I actually think I like the ladies' list better. But yeah, no, it's law. It's a law computadora. See, the times that we need technology that just doesn't really work for us the way we want, what would we all do without that kind of communication? Think about that today in yourself. As I'm going through the information in my show today, how much do you rely on communication through technology? And how much does that affect your relationships? I was actually on a a website, a professional website earlier today, and I'm going to pull it up here on my computer so I can accurately relay what it said here. It was talking about a bar of iron. It said a bar of iron costs $5. Made into horseshoes, that much iron is worth $12. Made into needles, the value goes up to $3,500. Made into balance springs for watches, it's worth $300,000. Your value is determined by what you are able to make of yourself. Wow, I was kind of impressed with that. That's a good idea. You know what? Just thinking about what you can be, what you can become. So I put a, a comment there. I constantly tell people that value is a principle. It's not a number. Unfortunately, people generally can't conceptualize value outside of something monetary. But my show today is going to be about becoming a higher quality soul. Yes, human life has fundamental value. It has inherent value. But social, emotional, and mental qualities can always get better. Okay, so that's an important thing to remember. When you're going through your life, when you're thinking about your value as a person, How much of what you actually determine your value to be is based on quantitative things like your salary or um, the value of your home or the car that you drive, the clothes that you wear, the money that you spend on your food. Do you buy more expensive things because you want people to see the label on the box or the can or the bag? Now, when I talk to people about specific personal challenges that they face, what I teach them as a coach in order to reach their personal goals is really know who you are. Know your true nature in the form of your personality. I give them a personality profile, an MBTI. Now, that's a very common tool that a lot of people around the world use, but it's not always used in the most effective or appropriate way. But it is important to know who you truly are by nature. Then there's the figure out where you are in your life right now. Then there's the, well, figure out what you really want in life. Where are you now, but where do you want to go? And then once you have all of those things really clear in your mind, have the tools and resources that you need in order to reach your goal, successfully completing whatever it is that you have now clearly set in front of you as where you want to go in your life. So some of the specific challenges are staying motivated or avoiding loneliness or positive thinking, continuing to think in a positive way. Well, you know what? Then there's always maintaining your focus on the journey. Then there's low energy, you need a shot in the arm, and probably the most important one, managing three different emotional obstacles. Negative emotions can actually be a positive thing if you know what to do with them. So when we come back from our break, we're going to be going over today conquering the specific challenges that come up for you as you're going through life. And when we come back, we are going to open up the phone lines to callers. The number is 888-627-6008. And the website is www.bbsradio.com slash yours, mine, and ours. There's a shout box. If you have a question or a comment, feel free to go to our website. We'll be right back after these messages. I'm Gabrielle Cardona. This is yours, mine, and ours. Wouldn't it be great if there was an instruction manual on how to succeed in life? Or the formula on how to find someone who's right for you? Or the ingredients on how to just be happy with your life? 
Well, I decided after I've been coaching for a few years that it was time to just put it all on paper. The things that I was doing with and for my clients that helped them was great. Each session I could see the fulfillment that my clients were experiencing. It became a coaching program. I made it a workbook. It came with my service. But coaching one person at a time was pretty slow and not everyone could afford my hourly rate. So at least giving everyone access to the information was a good idea, right? And I didn't need to be with someone in order to provide them the information, did I? So just one project per chapter, these activities helped people implement what they'd just learned. And I'd had several people suggest that I turn it into an audiobook. Apparently people wanted to listen to the information while they were multitasking. So I did. And now most people just want the MP3. But with the coronavirus taking over the world, a lot of people are thinking about changing their life, but they don't want a coach. So I'm offering my workbook to my listeners as an ebook with the MP3 included for just $29.99. That's an 80% discount off the original price, what I started selling it for two years ago to clients and colleagues. Just go to www.infinitylifecoaching.com and get your life coaching workbook for just $29.99 today. Infinity Coaching. The possibilities are infinite. Welcome back to Yours, Mine, and Ours. I'm your host, Gabrielle Cardona, and today we're going to be talking about equipping yourself for success. Everybody has goals in their life, different kinds of goals for different things, but the bottom line is, if you go through your daily life, you will have challenges. Some of them were negative experiences, some of them internal, others external. If you are prepared to deal with them as they happen, you're more likely to be successful. So the show today is about equipping yourself with the tools and resources that you can utilize as you face the common challenges of daily life. What we basically talked about was losing focus and feeling alone, sometimes destructive thoughts or internal resistance. Then there's always the low energy and negative emotions. Okay, well... Now we all know what we face. Let's talk about them one at a time, how we can deal with those things or even use them to our benefit as a, a tool to get to where we want to go. It may just involve thinking about it in a different way, seeing it in a different way, or doing something different with it. Okay, so the first thing I talk about is helping people stay focused with milestones and rewards. Now, when you have something let's say a destination you can maybe see it well you know what maybe you can't if you were running a marathon it would be hmm, 26 miles yeah you probably can't really see that or if you can it's so so far off in the distance it's a very small thing right? well sometimes you have a, a financial goal or a career you can conceptualize it but you may actually feel very overwhelmed like it's so far off you can't even see it in your mind okay well Milestones are important in the process of personal growth because depending on the distance, confirmation along the way is the most important thing to keeping you focused. They need to be close enough to each other to sustain a second wind momentum in you, but far enough away just to push you outside of your comfort zone. We all have a point where if we're spending energy, if we're doing the work and we're we're making progress it feels like we're making progress we just don't want to keep going well if we have something close enough to give us that motivation that would be the, the ideal thing we would almost be hitting our goal along the way by smaller goals now there should be four milestones between where you are now and the place where you would describe as success if success let's you know what let's stick with a the um, marathon, 26 miles. Well, that would be about a little over six miles. Well, if even that is too far away to help you maintain your internal personal momentum, it may need to be broken down into smaller steps, smaller landmarks, smaller milestones, shorter ones. You know what? Okay, six miles divided by four, that's one and a half miles. 
if you know that what you have and what you are doing and what you are aspiring to, for some reason or another, it just still still doesn't feel like you can reach that, then you need to remember part of the other part of it is rewarding yourself, that positive reinforcement as you actually reach one of the milestones en route to your ultimate goal. The important thing to keep in mind is that a reward needs to provide the pleasure and satisfaction of a positive experience without counsel, um, canceling out the work that you just did in order to make the progress that you just made. Okay, so let's see. Some examples that I like to give my clients of healthy and constructive rewards for yourself. Going out to the movies or having coffee with friends. Okay, maybe with the coronavirus, that's not going to happen <laughs> as much now. But having good, positive social interaction, and you may have your face covered, but it's not too expensive and it's not excessively time-consuming. So you don't have to feel guilty if you, wow, you bought an $8 drink or you went to a $10 meal, $15 meal, maybe a $30 meal with some wine. You know what? That's okay. That could also be a reward. One of the other things I, I suggest, one drink of alcohol or how about going to bed early without any interruptions, any obligations or responsibilities knocking on your door, waking you up. Yeah, giving yourself an extra hour or two of sleep. How about buying your favorite fruit or vegetable that you might otherwise feel guilty spending a lot of money on? I cannot believe how ridiculously expensive berries are, but those happen to be my favorite fruit. Are they a fruit? Well, we can debate that later. The point is, I love them. And when I know that they're either on sale or I've done something where I absolutely deserve this, the point is, enjoy it. Well, how about watching your favorite television show, Uninterrupted? or purchasing an article of clothing, especially if it's relevant to your goal. Reading a book, that's not extremely time-consuming, but it's very relaxing. Or how about a massage? Not necessarily by a professional who charges $200 an hour, but from a loved one. Or a bath, like aromatherapy, it stimulates circulation and detoxification. Or a sporting event, watching a sporting event, that's a whole lot of fun. It's good, positive, healthy energy. I want to give my, my listeners a little project. Write down two specific personal goals that you have. Calculate what would be good landmarks on the road to reaching those goals and choose three healthy rewards that you would be comfortable giving yourself in a situation if you did actually set your goal and set out on the road to it with that accomplishment in mind okay so one of the other things that sometimes people just need encouragement we have a lot of negative energy in this world we have a lot of negative attitudes sometimes you just need good positive energy and that social energy from people that are important to you and that love you and that you love now one of the most important things I tell people is Different people provide different kinds of support. And that's why it's very good to know their personalities as well. Because if you were going to an SJ, what I like to describe as in the body, they're like the bones. They're very firm. You wouldn't want to go to them for something soft and tender. Or how about an NT who's very intellectual and very academic and they can talk and talk and talk. Well, you wouldn't necessarily want to Go to them if you have trouble doing manual labor. <laughs> you need someone to help you carry heavy logs. Okay, you just, you need to know specifically who it is that you have in your life and then know specifically what kind of help it is you need. That alone can be a personal challenge, but the fulfillment and the satisfaction that you have, that you experience when you really clearly know what kind of support you need what need you have, and then what kind of people you have access to when they are really participating in the part of your life that would bring them the most pleasure. That gives you a lot of fulfillment and satisfaction because they have that more joy in giving experience. It's true. When they see that who they are and what they do has made your life better, 
they have a fulfillment and a satisfaction. You've just given them a reward as good, if not better than what they've given you. Okay, so before you actually think about putting someone on being one of your four lists, there is four different kinds of support. There's physical support, there's mental support, there's emotional support, and there's moral support. Before you speak to someone about being on one of your lists, a person can be on more than one list, ask yourself the following questions. Some, some questions that will help stimulate you to incorporate these people in your daily life. First of all, how do you know this person? Then how long have you known them? Then how much interaction do you really have with them? Then how are they supportive to you? And does this person know that you feel this way about them? Well, how about this one? How would they define your relationship? And then, you know what? Get a pen and paper. Actually write down the list of people that you know. Just start with a list of people that you know, asking yourself each of those questions about them. Okay. Be sure you answer all of these questions in detail. And when you go to a person, after you've thought about these things, after you've assigned them to a list, you'll need to be prepared to have a conversation with them. It's important that they're comfortable being on your list. Now, keep in mind, if you're an introvert, these lists may very well consist of people that you hardly know and you rarely interact with in a, in a personal, um, casual way. That's okay. You don't have to be best friends with your female neighbor to have her on a list of someone who would let you use her car to get groceries if your husband needed to take you. You know what? Actually, you need you to make dinner for his co-workers. He just called and said, hey, we've got company coming over an hour. <laughs> okay. Well, he has the car. You need to go to the store. You can literally knock on your neighbor's door and say, could I, or could you give me a ride to the store? She would love to do that. Or how about, you know what? Your brother-in-law he is the kind of person who, if you really didn't have the strength to carry a certain thing or you didn't have the energy to accomplish a certain task, well, how about the taxes? You know what? You have a really, really smart kid, your, your son. Yeah, he's 26. Yeah, he lives with his wife. He's really, really good at that stuff. He could do it in his sleep. It's okay to say I don't have the money to take it to the accountant this year because this coronavirus has really brought my income down. He would love to do your taxes for you. Okay, so when you think about these things, then, yeah, you really actually do have a lot at your disposal when it comes to people. Emotional support, mental support. Sometimes it could just be someone that you need to talk to. Well, there are people out there, too, probably a lot more than you realize. They would be very willing to do that and very grateful for the opportunity to be that kind of influence in your life. Okay, so now, this is my favorite one, actually. Affirmations, because we need positive thinking. We get a lot of negative, a lot of negative um, stimulation in the world, a lot of conversation, a lot of things on television and radio and the internet, we hear a lot of bad news. One of my favorite um, comedians was Richard Jenny. He had a, a stand-up routine called Platypus Man. <laughs> it was so funny. The first thing he talked about was when he realized, you know what, he's actually a platypus. Well, he would watch the late night news and it was always the bad news. It was never good news. When do you ever turn on any news channel, any station of any political orientation and hear them saying good things? No, it's, it's pretty much all the worst of the worst of the things that have happened for the day, for the week, for the month and for the year. So now when we're talking about affirmations, it's actually rewiring the thoughts that you have into good thoughts. You're brainwashing yourself. I'm sure you've all, excuse me, <laughs> you've all heard of that, that when you affirm something, whether it's a thought, a feeling, or a belief, you are restating it as a fact, stating that something is an absolute truth out loud and with force and confidence. 
a lot of professionals in the mental health industry use this as a form of self-brainwashing because studies have shown that when people hear words coming out of their own mouth, they have a profound and lasting effect on them, even more powerful than when other people say those exact same things. Yes, others' words are very influential, but a person's own words have an even more powerful effect because science has also shown that the human subconscious does not understand the concept of no. So when it hears information, it accepts it as a fact. Even when a person may be trying to say something positive, if they say it in the form of this bad thing is not true, the brain doesn't take it in a literal way. When it's stating something as a fact, even if there's a no or a not in there, the brain assimilates that information. It puts it to proactive and practical use. So everything that it's been given, even if it's an untrue bad thing that you've just mentioned, your body and mind will use it in some way. This could include making it a single a piece of a complete thought or idea that you will soon have the opportunity to use in a practical way in your daily life. So it's very important that you constantly provide an infinite amount of positive information. Eventually, your subconscious will take over and force the information it's been given back into your conscious and then into your conscientious, okay? It's very important to know and to understand that you will soon begin to wholeheartedly believe it even if you don't realize that you do because you will be acting on it as your subconscious gives you the instructions to do so. The subconscious provides the conscious with the information it needs as it sees the need to do so and provides the information that it's been given that your life experience has provided in the, in the most powerful way. And that's how it makes sure that you get things done. The mind is an amazing thing and the subconscious is a fabulous thing. So that's why affirmations are the information that you need to use correctly. Okay, so let's go ahead and talk about the correct way <laughs> to use affirmations. There are some, some boundaries and some standards. Number one. Oh, and you might want to grab a pen and paper or just listen to um, the archive of this if you want to go ahead and re-listen to the list. Number one, always phrase an affirmation statement in a present indicative tense. That means it's statement as a fact that is already true. Number two, keep it short and simple. The fewer words, the better. Number three, they should consist of highly complimentary statements about wonderful things that you are and do. Number four, write a list of a minimum of 10 affirmations, but they need to be proportionate, a one to three ratio. Number five, in the one to three ratio, one statement needs to be a statement that you completely believe, without a doubt you know for a fact that it's true. One needs to be something that you suspect to be true, but sometimes wonder about. And the last one needs to be something that you don't believe at all, but you would give anything to have be true. Just knowing that brainwashing yourself by saying it out loud enough times would make it true is reason enough for you to put it on the list. What you want to have or do or be more than anything, write it down. Keep it on the list of one to three ratio proportionate. That needs to be one of the statements you make to yourself. Okay, and then number number six, shuffle the list of statements so that they are randomly placed throughout the list. Number seven, have at least seven copies of the complete list strategically placed throughout your general environment so they are a permanent fixture in your daily activities, seen by you repeatedly as you go through your regular daily routine. Even if they're discreetly concealed from the general public, you will still know where they are. Number eight. Frequently say them out loud in a casual way as you're doing daily activities. Number nine, have a set schedule that you routinely use to recite the affirmations no matter what's going on in your life at that time of day, on that day. Other things can wait. This is not negotiable. It needs to be read out loud at least five times per day. Number 10, 
Keep a copy of the list physically with you at all times so that in the event that you feel a need for immediate positive reinforcement to cancel out your negative thoughts, it will be easily accessible to you. Number 11, have emergency and maybe private, depending on your personality, places in your world, that includes your work, your home, your car, where you can go to recite these statements out loud, uninterrupted, if your negative feelings begin to manifest within you, that could even be in the bathroom. A lot of people actually do that. And 12, say the whole list out loud until you completely believe each and every statement. As many times as you need to go through the list, that could be up for an hour, up to an hour, depending on how you're feeling at that moment. If you have a list of 12 statements and you believe 11 of them, but that one, that last one is just not letting go, you need to keep going through the whole list out loud until that last one is fully believed by you. Now, and even if you're crying, continue to say the statements out loud with conviction through your tears. Your mind need to, needs to hear you saying these words. Some good affirmations, some common affirmations are, I am healthy. I have peace. I am strong. I am blessed. I am happy. I have energy. I have love in my life. I am confident. Those are general statements, so be sure to modify them to your personal life, your immediate situation, and your individual needs. You know what it is that you're personally struggling with. Again, the proportion is one to three. One thing that you love, that you know is true. One thing that, yeah, you're pretty sure that's true. Sometimes you wonder, but yeah, you're pretty certain. And then one thing is, you do, there, there's no way. I don't believe that at all. You will slowly brainwash yourself by speaking in a healthy way to yourself. The next thing we're going to talk about is creating habits by writing lists. Now, just keep in mind, some people love to write lists. Some people, yeah, you know what? They write them and halfway through the day, they lose them. <laughs> some people, if they've done something that wasn't on their list, they'll literally write it on their list to cross it off because they get so excited when they finish something. Those are J's, okay? <laughs> when we come back, we're going to talk about how to create great habits by creating focus, by building lists, carrying them around. My name is Gabrielle Cardona. This is yours, mine, and ours. Think you know yourself? Have you ever had your personality profiled? What's your MBTI? The Myers-Briggs Type Indicator is a very popular personality profile system, and it's accepted around the world, used by many accredited and professional companies and institutions. But the problem, what if you're both of the options that you're being offered in the question? Or what if you've changed over the years? Or what if you're just not sure? Does it even really matter? Well, when you want to know the difference between a mental illness and just a strange behavior, then knowing your personality can be very helpful. It will help you to know if you do need a mental health professional or pharmaceutical intervention. When you take a personality profile test, you need to ask yourself not if you do that activity being described or asked, but the three things about yourself while you're doing it. Number one, is it naturally so easy for you to do it that it's automatic for you? Number two, is it so naturally enjoyable for you to do that you do it for seemingly no reason? And number three, are you so naturally good at it that you don't even need to practice in order to do it well? Those are the indications of your nature, your personality, not your nurture, that have made you good at doing those things. During these challenging times, while a lot of people are considering a career change, I'm offering an 80% discount on my MBTI package. That includes six things. Number one, the MBTI test with over 200 questions. Number two, your four-letter personality description. Number three, an explanation of your disposition. Number four, a detailed breakdown of your functional order. Number five, tips and suggestions on how to be more successful in life based on your true nature. And six, 
a one-hour coaching session to answer any and all of your personality questions. This package usually costs $500, but for the rest of the year, it's only $99 to my listeners. Take advantage of the opportunity to learn more about your true nature. Just go to www.infinitylifecoaching.com services and you'll see the sale going on now. The $99 price will go on through to the end of 2020. Discover your true nature today. Welcome back to Yours, Mine, and Ours. I'm Gabrielle Cardona, and today we're talking about being proactive in equipping yourself for success. Again, the website is bbsradio.com slash yours, mine, and ours. And at the top of the, the left side of the page, there's a shout box when you can go ahead and type in a question. If you have a comment, something you'd like to mention about the different subjects that we're covering today, Go ahead and include your name with your message, and if you'd like to call in, the number is 888-627-6008. So we've been talking about a, a couple different challenges that people face. Now, when we get back to creating lists, that helps to create habits. How long does it take for someone to actually form a habit? Well, they pretty much established that it's 21 days of consistently doing something because we have just an ability to learn how to do things relatively quickly, but it does need to be something consistent. We can actually rewire ourselves, not change our personality. That's definitely something we need to keep in mind. But of a healthy habit, no personality is resistant to that. It's just maybe they do it in a little bit of a different way. But again, when we want to create more success in life, we have to create more successful habits. So generally speaking, lists are just more enjoyable for judgers than perceivers. Of the MBTI personality, people who have a J as the last letter of their personality, they're more likely to just make lists in the first place and they get more excited about using them than the P's. Okay, so... Now, lists can be helpful for all people because they provide a sense of focus when they are going through change. Since it's always challenging to make changes in life, that's just a reminder of your daily need to do that. They provide positive reinforcement because each time an item is checked or scratched off, the feeling of accomplishment is a reward in and of itself. Now, this is separate from the reward that the world will inevitably also give you for your successful completion of that particular task. But perceivers also do well with checklists for the additional reason that lists just help remind them that some things are simply more important to people and the world that they live in than others. Now, whether they agree with those people or not, <laughs> those are just things that need to get done. And so lists can be that extra visual reminder, of course, provided that you don't lose the list at some point during the day, <laughs> which can also be a tendency of perceivers, yours truly. Um, and at the end of the day, the physical confirmation of the individual things that have been successfully done also keeps the larger goal in front of a person's mind. So when you're working towards a personal goal, writing down a list of things to do every day is very motivational and it's best if kept at a ratio of one to four. Consisting, consisting, excuse me, my gosh, I need to burp and it won't come out. <laughs> consisting of the following four kinds of activities. One constructive thing that you already do consistently without excessive thought or effort during the day. It can be something seemingly small or insignificant, but it has to be something positive or healthy or constructive that you do. So making a visual reminder to yourself of the fact that you do in fact do that thing is a good positive reinforcement because as you're working to reach a personal goal, that's just a very nice little stroke to your ego. And then the second one is one thing that you do well but need to be reminded at times to do. That makes you feel good when you've done it. This is important because this particular thing is not necessarily difficult or challenging to you per se. So you won't have any internal initial resistance to doing it when you're reminding yourself to get it done. The only thing really stopping you from doing it for the most part is just forgetting. 
adding to adding it to a list a tangible list will be the nice visual reminder that you need and then one thing that you do sporadically because it can be kind of challenging for you and requires concerted effort that kind of blinds your confidence when you've completed it you don't it doesn't really give you that that same initial satisfaction until you really stop and take a look at it and then you can give yourself the yeah wow this was a really great thing to do i'm going to take a more than the usual time to savor the accomplishment it's it's pivotal because you just really don't want to do it most of the time when it's something you that's tough for you to do you really do feel rewarded for your personal success but then one thing the fourth thing is that you don't do it all currently but you want to start doing regularly that would make you incredibly happy if you could do it in an effortless way the way you do that first thing on your list (laughs) a totally new completely different thing will inevitably meet up with internal resistance your own resistance maybe others resistance or within your physical environment that's not really facilitating that kind of activity it's going to be something that you're going to struggle with even when you've successfully turned it into a habit you will always have to work to do it just because the nature of your personality or your established environment has a a resistance to it now checklists need to stay at this listed ratio for every one single personal challenge you experience you need to have three personal confirmations positive reinforcement is critical it takes 21 days to form a habit and doing something repeatedly consistently for 21 days can turn into an activity that reaches a level of you feeling good about yourself to the point where It's almost uncomfortable for you if you haven't done it. Could you imagine something that is like running uphill barefoot in the snow for you, becoming something so habitual for you that something just doesn't feel right if you haven't done it? That would be a great thing for you. So maybe if you just wanted to start with a list of 12 things that you do in a 24-hour day, maybe eight things depending on your lifestyle and and your level of activity. Keep that list exactly the same for three weeks. At the end of the three weeks, take an inventory of how much easier it is for each of the items for you to do, and then you can go ahead and write an entirely new list based on that status. Okay. Now, when we're talking about just really having low energy, negative feelings, You need activities that give you a shot in the arm. A shot in the arm is something that people inject when they need energy and strength to keep going. It has an immediate effect because it goes directly into your bloodstream. And it's very helpful to have when you're struggling. You need help to continue. In the process of working to become a better person, you will have both internal and external challenges that can be very draining to you. They can demand your energy, which is mental and physical and emotional energy. Your personal struggles or past issues can take a lot of work just to manage in a day. Your physical environment can be overwhelming or unhealthy if you live in a less than ideal situation. And then there are various social situations that can manifest other people's personal issues that you might not personally be equipped to effectively handle because you know what it's actually not your responsibility to do that but you do still need to be around those people so taking care of yourself in a healthy way will help take your focus completely away from anything or anyone negative that you're currently feeling exhausted by it will help you to get personally recentered and restabilized because restoring your energy will help you get your focus and stability back in order to become a healthy and productive, better version of yourself, at which time you can go back to what you were doing before you had to stop to give yourself a shot in the arm. So here are some rules. When you have immediate access to things that will give you that good positive feeling back, these are some rules. Keep any objects that 
will be used in that activity in a place or circumstance where you can have immediate access to them. Then don't use any activity or object more than twice per day because then you run the risk of creating an addiction. Then do not spend more than 10 minutes doing any specific activity because any more than 10 minutes, it's not a shot in the arm. It's an actual activity, a separate thing that you need to do away from what this is, the situation that presented you this need. Okay. Now, do not spend more than 50% of your hourly pay rate to purchase anything needed for this activity. You know how much your, your hourly rate is or your salary is if you divide that by 2,040 hours because you don't necessarily get paid by the hourly rate. You need to not spend more than 50% of one hour's pay in order to purchase something that you use for the activity. Then do not place demands or pressure on other people without their prior knowledge and consent. They need to be prepared. They need to feel personally prepared. If you go to them to ask them for help, say, you know what? I really need to take care of myself. Can we do this? That we already talked about. They'll be much more willing and able to help. Then don't eat more than the equivalency of 10% of your total daily caloric intake. Do you know how much? <laughs> that may be just a project right there, figuring out how much you generally consume in a day, not more than 10%. Okay. They need to be powerful and effective enough to improve your overall, either mental or emotional or physical condition by at least 33%. Coming up with some of these can be challenging, but if you really take the time to determine what things can increase and improve your condition by 33%, it's, it's actually pretty fun to do. And they must be predetermined, very specific activities corresponding to specific circumstances. So little or no thought is necessary in the moment that you're selecting the one that you want to use. You have to have all of these things predetermined so that you don't really have to spend too much time thinking about it. And you must completely detach yourself Separate yourself from anything negative in your environment so you can be fully engrossed in the positive activity that you're doing. You must immediately deal with the issue or problem that generated that need for a shot in the arm in the first place. But you're not going to be able to deal with that if you're still enduring it as you're taking care of yourself. So make sure you're 100% separate, then 100% back when you're done. So when we're talking about different kinds of energizing activities, some that I personally like to do is listening to enjoyable music, sometimes a healthy snack in a single serving, or physical affection, hugging and kissing the people that I love, actually even sometimes smelling the hair or the body of the person that I love can give me a lot of energy, very good energy. Censoring um, stimulation with things in nature. There are sometimes plants or different aromas. I, I have another body spray that I actually like. You know what? The funny thing about that is it mixes differently with different people. So if some person can wear that aroma and another person really can't, always just make sure that it's the one that works best for you. <laughs> um, another one I love is always stretching your back and your arms and your legs. Some people think stretching is a, a five to 10 second activity. No, actually it can be, or, you know, a few seconds. It can also be five minutes and that's really good. How about just taking a quick walk around the block, physically getting out away from where you were into a good active situation. And then another positive and very popular one recently has been prayer and meditation. Okay. So now if we're talking finally about what it's really it's really hard to summarize in a radio show but we can all agree negative emotions they're very very human we take things we have things we think and feel things on an emotional level that animals and plants just don't nature does care about feelings but it doesn't affect any other creation the way that it does humans so there are three main ones that I'm going to talk about just real quickly for the next five minutes. There's anxiety and then fear and then anger. 
humans are capable of experiencing extremely intense versions of all three of those emotions. And if the person is not prepared to deal with the experiences and then address the emotions proactively, they're not going to be able to address the issue that triggered the emotion. So please understand that when you are going to experience bad feelings in your life, the feeling is totally separate from whatever caused it. Taking care of your personal experience of the feeling is the only way you are going to be qualified in a condition to then proactively successfully deal with the issue that needs to still be addressed because it didn't go away and it's not going to go away until you fix the problem. Okay, so when it's about anger, humans feel anger because their minds have discerned that something very wrong has already occurred and it needs immediate attention. Something needs to be addressed, corrected, or eliminated and the hormones and other chemicals that accompany thoughts and that people give extra strength and endurance and volition to do the work necessary to fix the problem. Well, maybe it's a moral boundary being violated. That's a very common one. But anger is very motivational and that can be a good thing. Fear, when you experience fear, it's because your mind has discerned that something very bad, potentially threatening to you is in the process of happening. And when you get into survival mode, fight or flight, you have to be ready to manage your inclination for self-protection. It's a resourceful and creative emotion because it actually gives your mind options that you would otherwise conscientiously, proactively not really giving yourself because you wouldn't have needed to. So realize that anger is what has happened, fear is what's in the process of happening, and then anxiety. This one is becoming more and more common in the world we live in. When you experience anxiety, it's because your mind has discerned that something bad or potentially threatening could eventually happen. And if you address it, you can avoid the possibility of that threat coming to fruition in the first place and the damage that would occur if it ever in fact did. It's proactive and constructive because it gives you the opportunity to prevent the problem from ever happening in the first place. It's very important that you not be overwhelmed by the biochemistry <laughs> what's going on. It's important to know how to use these as stepping stools, as tools for you to say, okay, something's going on here. I'm not tending to it the way my body and mind think I should. So it's creating this powerful chemical experience inside of me. Let's go ahead and just work through the feeling in the experience of the feeling when I am back down to a calm state, then go back to the situation and look at, is this something that has happened? Is it something that's in the process of happening? Or is it something that could potentially happen? I trust that I have the ability to deal with this. And now I'm in a condition to successfully do so. In life, we all have different challenges and we all have different potential problems that are going to manifest they're going to present themselves when we have these tools and resources when we have the support when we have the plans and we have the mindset to take care of things as they come up in our life we are going to be successful and ask yourself in the next week how many people in your life would love to have someone like you being someone in their life to create their success. My name is Gabrielle Cardona. Thank you for listening to yours, mine, and ours.